Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. You did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of sales. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the dynasty. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with a dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with a pylons yeah. beat. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket, but not on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables, cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T-Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Kings. I'm your host, Mike Valley. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Dirty Mike. Um, you'll notice today I'm without my co-host here, uh, Jake Estes. Um, he's not available today. Uh, just, just speaking for myself. So we have to, I have to apologize. We have to apologize for missing last week's episode, um, and not giving out a proper notification. I'm gonna speak for myself here. Uh, I, I work for the army, so in my job, I, I, I might not be available some weeks, kind of last minute, um, for for what I do and what I work for. Um, that's not gonna be a permanent thing. That's gonna be more like, I still got like two more months left. So, very sorry about how we missed last week's episode. Uh, Jake's not available this week. But don't worry about it. We'll be back and running down for next week. So just to carry on now. So I'm going to talk about week eight here. Just some, some dynasty thoughts. So really focusing on dynasty to the episode. And I'm going to talk, talk about what to do. As in, I mean, are you going to rebuild? Are you out of the playoffs? What to do about your players? Kind of like some tradeaways that you should be trying to like shop out there. Because you should be able to identify now if you're going to make the playoffs or not. So you those like short-term assets, just for example, like, Henderson. Uh, Ken Ace is coming back. Daryl Henderson's been amazing this year so far. He's RB, RB1, RB2 every single week. You know, I think you should sell him. I think you can easily get a first for him. And, and just the thing, too, is that if you're you're also a contender, you're not on the other side of the the, uh, the line, uh, you're clearly in front. Championships last forever. Go ahead and spend that first. Get that championship. Your name's going to be written on your, your league's trophy forever. Everyone's going to know. Like, don't, don't be afraid to, to spend up to to win your championship. So let's get into these these NFL thoughts here. So we're gonna talk about the first game here, Packers versus Cardinals. The Cardinals finally went down, they were undefeated here. Look, Aaron Rodgers still got it and he did it being surrounded by pretty much unskilled players besides Aaron Jones. Um and, and this is really comforting too. Because if you're an Aaron Jones manager and you're worried about Aaron Rodgers leaving next year, like I will feel confident now because you have you you should haul this game without like any real pass catchers around. Um, it's a solid defensive squad. Aaron Jones was like, he's ready to go for next year. I mean, like he, he, he didn't show any signs of slowing down here. He, he filled the role up pretty well. Volume wasn't a big issue for him. Um, as far as the Cardinals go, um, Tyler Murray starts off high, kind of going on a little, little slow here. He did this last year too. Um, so a little bit of concern. I don't really know to think much about it besides that. Um, I do want to give out one thought though for, uh, for Christian Kirk, right? Um, there's a few receivers we'll talk about here pretty soon. They're acting under rookie con- contracts. Um, 
and they're going to be finding a new home here pretty soon. Christian Kirk has a flash. Um, he's a solid number three for this team, but if he can get the money somewhere else, and he has flash enough where I think he might be able to get, get the paycheck somewhere else, he could be a nice dynasty, like buy a low option for you. Um, we'll go more into that in here in a little bit. Um, the next game we're going to talk about here is the Panthers versus the Falcons. Sam Donald doesn't look like he's it. Uh, he just doesn't, um, which I really thought he was the first three games. So did Jake, I believe. Um, now it's a little more evident that he kind of wrote his success based off of Christian McCaffrey, um, which I think is understandable. I mean, it's CMC, right? Like, he's great. Um, so without CMC in the game, I, I'm probably benching Sam, Sam, Sam Donald and looking for a better option out there. Um, and I guess the Panthers might be shopping for a new option, too. Uh, I talked about on our last Debbie podcast, like, players who I think have to stick around. I talked about the quarterback class and how there's, like, a redemption group and Sam Donald's in that group. Sam Donald still do, like, $20 million. So I just don't see the Panthers, like, throwing him to the side. I mean, he, he takes a pretty big cap hit, you know, and this quarterback class isn't anything dynamic. So I don't know, like, what's, what's the – What's the advantage of starting over for one year for a mediocre prospect? Um, but they beat the, the Falcons. Um, I thought it was a pretty easy win for them. Uh, we didn't see Calvin Ridley. He retired from football since he retired. He's taking the season off. We don't know what's happening to him. Um, our prayers are out there for mental health. Mental health has been a real big thing in the world. It's definitely been brought into light here. Um, awareness has spread about mental health for like the last, like, let's say, 10 years here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty glad people are focused. Focus down that. A lot of people struggle with that. It's a lot of unspoken struggles out there. So I am. I'm happy that Calvin Ridley is seeking out the help that he believes he needs. Um, now that said, uh, Kyle Pitts kind of had a stinker of the game. Um, and I don't. I think this is going to continue. Um, Calvin Ridley is a very good player. Like he he draws coverage away from Kyle Pitts. Now now Kyle Pitts is just being focused. I think they double covered Kyle Pitts almost the entire game because the other receiving options there are. Tajay Sharp and Russell Gage, and they're not. I mean, they're nothing special, you know. They're not. They're not special. So they just they just focused down Kyle Pitts, and it became the Cordell Patterson show. So if you have Cordell Patterson, you are a contender. Cordell Patterson is going to be uh, one heck of a buy. It's gonna be, he's going to be one one heck of an asset for you. Um, if you are a contender, maybe going out there and spending up to get Cordell Patterson. I mean, maybe throw a second out there for him, see if that works. If not, go for a first because I think. Cordell Patterson is set to go for the rest of the season. I mean, honestly, just set to go. Um, the next game I want to talk about here is going to be the Titans versus the Colts. Now, I think it's funny because I've really noticed it the last three weeks that, like, I think Carson Wentz purposely underthrows his receivers. I'm talking about on purpose so that he can draw the foul rather than do the contested catch, right? Because the receiver has to stop, and the defender's going to run into the back of the receiver, causing a pass interference. I think it's I think it's hilarious. I think it's kind of dumb, but like that's the sport, and that's that's how they they use the rules to their advantage. During the Cowboys Colts game, Trayvon Diggs caught that, caught an underneath pass, and definitely made the most of it. Now he tried to do it again one more time, um, but Carson Wentz actually threw the ball on target and let Michael Pittman go for a score, I believe. But anyway, Carson Wentz is still getting it done. I think he's QB 12 on the year. I don't think that's going to change. Carson Wentz is just going to be a, a back-end one, high-end two, like week in and week out. And he's, he's looking pretty solid. I, I think he's going to be the future for the Colts here for a little bit. Now on the Titans side, uh, looks like Henry's out for the season. Um, and I, I, I'm, 
help he heals up well. I, I truly have been a huge Derrick Henry hater for, I don't know, my entire life. But, um, sorry, got distracted here. Um, but I, I think he's in a different category. You know, I think I think he's in the Adrian Peterson category that he's just built different. I truly believe that now. Um, so he's going to come back, and I'm probably going to believe in him next year. Uh, now I wonder, if, like you know, because he's so far ahead in the uh, RB one category that, like, let's say the season, like the rest of the season goes on, like how much half the season production is going to leave him out? Like, is he going to still be like RB like 19 in this season when he hasn't played like half the games? Anyway, truly amazing guy. I hope he gets better. Um, the next man up for me is Jerry McNeil. Now I know they signed Adrian Peterson, and I talked to Jake before this, our, our resident Titans fan. Um, AP's really good at screening the ball. He doesn't fumble. Um, and uh, so I, I'm, I'm very curious where the splits go. Clearly, I think McNichols have the pass catching work down. Um, McNichols also does have the size of the workhorse back. I believe he was 215. Um, so, like, this is going to be a hard one. I'm probably I'm spending probably a good chunk of my fat left over on Jerry McNichols. I think McNichols is now a, a weekly flex, flex play, um, along with, like, the rotating injuries of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, A.J. Brown's now hitting a stride. He's back to... WR1, he looks good. I, I mean, he took a little bit for a knee surgery to come over, but um, he looks good. So, putting Fab on McNichols, AP, sure, I'll add AP for a dollar. I'll pick him up after Wednesdays are through. Um, now, let me just touch a question here real quick. I got Michael Chapp listening in. I am third slash fifth right now with Herbert, Dalvin, Diggs, Keenan Allen, Pitts, and Hollywood. Would you make any major changes or stay the course? Um. I only see one RB here listed, so I don't know who your second RB is. But, yeah, I would. Um, I, I am in the category of, of Diggs kind of falling off. I'm, I'm not in on Diggs. Uh, we'll talk about Buffalo in a little bit here. But Josh Allen's looking like one of those quarterbacks that likes to evenly spread the ball. And I, I don't see that really changing. I, last year it was, what was it? It was Diggs and Beasley show. Um, Dawson Knox is now coming out. They signed Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Beasley's probably on his way out after this contract. But it looks like the Buffalo Bills are getting weapons to Josh Allen and giving him more options. And he's not a one-read uh, quarterback. I mean, he's, he's experienced now. So, yeah, I, I would like to boost up my wide receiver core, Hollywood Brown, too, Rashad Bateman's in. Um, and Bateman looks great. So I, I, I do think Hollywood's production is going to take a hit. And he says Zach Moss is his RB, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I still do believe in, in Dalvin, but – I have Dalvin. My worst, my worst team has Dalvin Cook, so I, I, I am a little concerned about Dalvin Cook. But you can't move Dalvin. But I, I would, I would like to move Diggs. I moved Diggs to start of the season for um, DK Metcalf. I convinced the, the DK Metcalf owner that that Diggs is gonna have a better, better year. He's a contender. I'm not, and he's just like, yeah, I'll take that. I also had a handcuff of his. So I threw one on the deal. Darrell, Darrell Williams, ESCH. And I was like, here, I'll throw in this handcuff. Which, you know, I, I would never start throwing Williams, maybe for like a week or two. But those are like the type of throw-ins that get those deals done. Um, so, yeah, I, I would look for a solid, a more solid number one option here. That's, I'm, I'm not happy with how Diggs is performing my other teams. Um, and I'm looking to move them. So, I yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of that for me. I, I would look to boost up boost up your RB2, your – and your, I don't know, man. That's a, solid, that's a solid core, but they're all guys that look like they're – they're more on the down climb. Diggs, uh, Pitts. I mean, Calvin Ridley's not around. So, as I, <clears throat> as I said earlier, uh, Pitts is now going to see a lot more double coverage probably because he's the only pass catcher that's really, you know, looking good on the Falcons. 
Um, and Hollywood Brown, yeah, like I said, Bateman's, Bateman's in town, so you probably get into that workload. Um, but I will say this. I mean, I'm just talk about the. I'm just gonna talk about the Ravens now. Uh, they're on by. I, Lamar Jackson looks good. Like I, the biggest thing against Lamar Jackson was that he's not a good thrower. Um, he had that insane game of 37 for 43, and and he looked good passing. And then he had a game after that where it looked like an old himself, where he's running around more than he's throwing. But the thing is that Lamar Jackson has flash now that he can be a capable throwing quarterback, which makes me feel good about his longevity in the league. Uh, so. Yeah, I hope that helps you out there, but I, I would look to um, make some major changes if you want to contend. But it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Um, and that's something I preach all the time is just to get to the playoffs and then just ride it out. I had one team where I wrote out, um, it was Jeff Wilson. Like Jeff Wilson won me the, won me the playoffs. Like who would have thought last year that Jeff Wilson was going to be the guy that wins me the playoffs, wins me the championship. So all right, I'm going to go back to these teams here. <clears throat> Oh, the Colts. Also talking about the Colts. Naeem Hines looks like to be like a non-factor now. Um, and and I, I have nothing to comment about that. Clearly, he's no longer a flex option. But if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, like, I feel good about that. And watching Jonathan Taylor during that overtime drive, like he was open for passes. Like He gets open. He sits in the hole. He, he, Jonathan Taylor now looks looks really good. I, we were already calling him good before the season started, but now now everyone's confident. Like everyone's like, you know, patting Taylor on the back. We, we killed it. This guy's the real deal. Um, we all call that correctly. And Pittman looks like the real deal too. Now I get it. He only runs slants, but that that's how Michael Thomas won his success rate, right? Michael Thomas was the number one wide receiver fancy ever, just based off running slants. Like so what? Michael Pittman can do it too. Um, so Michael Pittman is producing, and I like Michael Pittman. I, I called him as a breakout earlier this year. And I would I would go buy Michael Pittman. I don't think his price is that high. I don't own Michael Pittman, so now I'm kind of thinking about what I if I was the owner of Michael Pittman. I'm not I'm not listening to offers less than the first. That's for sure. So, anyway, Michael Pittman on the ride. I think his price is pretty low. No one's hyping him up. But if you look at his numbers last three weeks, I think it's like wide receiver seven, wide receiver three, wide receiver. I think like I think it was wide receiver two this past week. Um, quick question here from James. Uh, start Saints or Dallas D. Um, oh my gosh, let me look at let me look at next week's matchups real quick. Dallas against the Broncos. Okay, the Broncos just got Jerry Judy back, um, and then the Saints versus the Falcons. Yeah, I gotta go with the Saints versus the Falcons. Uh, Calvin Ridley's out. Um, now I'm just beating a dead horse here. Uh, Calvin Ridley's out. Pitts is probably gonna be double coverage because it's, it's pretty. <clears throat> He's the only skilled pass catcher left that's healthy, and then you. Um, Oh uh, my gosh, it's Taji Sharp and Russell Gage. They're not really skilled. So what I'm saying is that the passing game not really a threat anymore. They just got to cover the running game, and I I'm actually looking forward to see the, the game plan against them. And the Saints D is Saints right playing the yeah Saints first the Falcons. Yeah, the Saints have a top defensive core. Like they just shut down the Bucks. You know they've always looked solid. All right, one more one more question from James. I'm gonna get back on topic. Would you trade Godwin and Emmanuel Sanders for Debo? Worried about his calf. Debo has always had this skill. So Debo's always been hurt. I'm talking about from high school to college to the NFL. He's always had injury problems. But um, if Jake was here, he would preach to you about fantasy points per touch and how, who was it? DeAndre Swift led, led that last year. Well, Debo leads that for wide receivers almost every, like, the last two years. So I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is much of a future. I mean, he just has one-year value. And Godwin, I'm a really big fan of. So that that's a tough one, man. And Godwin's a free agent. 
and I'm not really a believer in Trey Lance. So like looking at Debo's future with the with the 49ers, I mean his 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 value comes from Jimmy G, and Jimmy G might be done this year too. Because they just they, they traded away the future of the 49ers for Trey Lance. So they gotta roll with Trey Lance. I mean like they have to roll with Trey Lance. I probably go Godwin. I'm sorry. Yeah, I probably go Godwin over Debo. Uh, I think Godwin's just a great possession receiver. Um, one of the best route runners out there. I feel like he has the safest floor. I mean, he's he's produced with uh, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston. Those are both nice quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick too. too. That's a really good quarterback too. That's a tough one, man. You're really killing me here on this one. I will go with that one. I, I, I guess, yeah, Debo's injury history does worry me. Um, having a fantasy roster with a lot of injuries uh, is really frustrating. Have you ever had one of those where it's just like you have five guys constantly hurt because that's my main dynasty league with my home league? It is so frustrating. So I, I guess I would go Godwin. Um, yeah, I'll go Godwin. And Godwin's got Tom Brady like for the next two years, well, next, the rest of this year. So I'd be pretty confident rolling him out every single week, the same with Debo. So. Yeah, let me go with that one on that one. All right, let me just keep going with these fantasy thoughts for the rest of the rest of these uh this past weeks here. Um, Bengals versus Jets. Let's talk about Zach Wilson here. Uh, Zach Wilson doesn't look good this year. He's a rookie. Um, again, it's been high draft capital here. Now, Mike White. People want to say that Mike White is the real deal. You got to push the brakes on that. We have seen backup quarterbacks come in and just absolutely kill it. It's happened in the past. Um, so. I am pumping the brakes on Mike White, but if Mike White does it two weeks in a row, okay, I'm probably dipping my toes in the water and saying Mike White's the real deal. Um, and uh, Elijah Moore caused six for 67, I believe, um, which I'm really excited about because I, Elijah Moore gets open. I, I see him open. Um, he's not really a bust. He's a great by-low candidate. Um, but I am worried about Zach Wilson as the future of, of that franchise. If he can't take a step forward here into the year or all in the offseason, I am very worried about Zach Wilson and the Jets pass catchers. Uh, the Bengals here, Bengals are great. I don't really know There's not much to say. Jamar Chase is a real deal. If you got him, congrats. If you if you don't, there's no way you're gonna there's no way you can buy him. I, I just don't I own Jamar Chase in like two leagues and I think the best offer I got was like Julio Jones in, in three seconds. Like no way. Give me Jamar Chase. So moving on to the Steelers with the Browns. The Steelers look terrible. They look terrible. Um, Fire Muth looks great. Um, Deontay Johnson looks like his usual self. Um, Najee Harris is just volume filled and he's great. But uh, as a future of the organization, I am worried. Big Ben's clearly not it. They have to go into a little bit of rebuild. I believe in Mike Tomlinson. Not really much to say about the Steelers, not the Browns. We heard word today that Odell Beckham's dead. Put out this 11 minute video of Odell being open and the Browns not throwing it to him. Um, I had this debate with the campus to Canton guys. A lot of them are based out of Ohio, so they're all huge, huge um, Baker Mayfield fans. And I'm, I'm a New England fan, so we had a debate first, Mac Jones versus Baker Mayfield. Um, I got jumped on for saying Mac Jones is better. They put a poll out, and most people on Twitter think that Mac Jones is a better quarterback, better dynasty asset than Baker Mayfield. So anyway, I don't think Baker Mayfield's coming back. Like I, I don't, I think I don't think he's ever going to be higher than a mid-range quarterback too i'm talking about that's his ceiling so I don't, I don't i don't want anything any part of baker mayfield um but if someone values him as having a ceiling higher than a quarterback too i'm selling i have one share of baker mayfield i, I kind of shot them out a little bit after that conversation so i'm going to reshop them out this week i'll tell you what i don't want baker mayfield on my rosters 
<clears throat> oh, and Dearness Johnson. He looks great. He's splitting carries Nick Chubb. He got the touchdown. Um, so he was the better running back for the week. If you want to roll that dice, because you, you have to, I get it. Um, but that's another trade away target, maybe. You know, if you're not if you're not going to the playoffs, like you need to sell these these short term value assets like Dearness Johnson. So I don't know what you're looking for him. Obviously, I would, no one would ever pay a first for him. I doubt a second. Maybe you can get him, get him away for like a third. Target that Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt owner because um, they can view him as a handcuff. And maybe maybe they pay up for a second. Maybe ask for two-thirds. Whatever. Test the waters. But definitely get him off your roster if you're not making the playoffs. He has no value past this year. Uh, the Eagles versus the Lions. I am not a Lions fan, but I constantly preach for them every single year. I... And every single year, every single week, there's that team I want to be successful and root for. Um, Jamal Williams was was ruled out, and just similar to the Calvin Ridley and Pitts situation, I believe that Jamal Williams, his presence actually helps DeAndre Swift's value because I believe that it keeps team keeps teams honest on like how to run their defenses because they don't know which running backs going to get the ball because they each share a workload, kind of like the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb type of offense, the type of role. Uh, this is the first week that Jalen Hurts actually had a stinger in fantasy. Still doesn't look like a good NFL quarterback. Um, Devontae Smith didn't do that well either. I mean, what do you get, Devontae Smith? One catch for 15 yards. Look, if you drafted Devontae Smith, he's a Heisman, right? You you have you have high aspirations for who he's going to be as a player. I, I don't. I truly don't see him getting above wide receiver three numbers. I just don't see it. Uh, not with Jalen Hurts at the helm. Um, I don't really believe in that coaching staff. I'm worried about everything surrounding Devontae Smith besides Devontae Smith. And I think he's relegated to the slot. Um, now, I kind of I am going to be a dead horse again about the slot receiver uh, role here. Let me just get my notes up for my stats. Yes, okay. Slot receiving targets from, from the last year, right? Number one was Keenan Allen, which was great. Keenan Allen was a top 12 quarterback in the end. Now, number five, I'm talking about number five on slot receiving targets last year was Russell Gage. And he ended up being wide receiver 40 and half PPR. Like, you're, that's not winning your championships, right? And that's the, the number five guy in slot receiver targets. And then you got Keelan Cole at six. He's not winning your championship. Greg Ward was at seven last year. He wasn't winning your championship. Number eight was Danny Amendola, who doesn't even have a job this year. So if Demonte Smith is just going to run routes out of the slot, I, I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about his future. Um, like, sure, yeah, I, I get it. He's very skilled, but I'm talking about he has to get that Keenan Allen type workload to be fantasy relevant. Um, I'm trying to think about who the number two is, man. Escape me. I didn't write it down. I wrote down number three is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was number three, and he was wide receiver like 16 until Joe Burrow got hurt last year. So, yeah, sure. So, I'm just going to end it on. on Devontae Smith needs to be top five in slot receiving targets to become fantasy relevant. And I'm I don't know how that happens with Jalen Hurts at the home. So he's not a weekly starter for me. I'm not excited about his future. And again, it's not the question of the player. It's the question about the situation. So, um, And then for running backs there, Kenneth Gainwell is running with the twos. No one saw that coming. But clearly, you can't start Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, you can't. Like, you can't without with, – with confidence, you can't. Like, if you're in a pinch, obviously, you got to start Kenneth Gainwell. But Boston Scott's out here with two touchdowns. Just Jordan Howard is out here with two touchdowns. So, um, 
so yeah, so I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Boston Scott as the main running back here. And, and these are like all like undersized. Well, Jordan Howard's not undersized. He's disappointing. Boston Scott's a very small running back. Anyway, I think this team's identity is the run game. Again, it was a game against the Lions. And next week, they play, give me a second, the Chargers, who are also not a good run defense. So, yeah, go ahead and fire up Boston Scott. And then Jordan Howard, if you're really ballsy, go ahead and start him up because Kenneth Gainwell is running with the twos. And so unless I hear news saying otherwise, um, Kenneth Gainwell is, is not in my trust category. And, yeah, I'm probably selling Kenneth Gainwell because, again, he's a fifth-round running back. He has PPR value. I play a lot of half PPR. But um, he's going to be a, a back-end running back, too, like best-case scenario for any season. And those guys don't win you championships, and that's that's kind of what it's about for me. They're fine for, like, roster fillers, but if you have a really um, deep roster, you know, where you don't need to start Kenneth Gainwell, I would go ahead and start selling him now for future draft capital. Because this class coming up, the 2022 class, is not bad. It's... It's deep. I wouldn't say a lot of them are like first round, like high end value the way we saw this past draft. But there's a lot of really good prospects. And some of these guys that you're going to get in your second round of your rookie drafts are going to hit. So. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <clears throat> the next one's up is the Rams versus the Texans. The Rams destroyed the Texans. Um, nothing really to take away here for dynasty reasons. Uh, the only thing I want to talk about is Darrell Henderson. He's great. Um, he's averaging, I can't tell you off the top of my head, I forgot. But Dron is an RB1 in most weeks, an RB2. He's going to carry a team to a championship. Now, if your roster is not a championship roster, it's time to sell Darrell Henderson. Um, uh, Cam Akers comes back next year. I know there's a lot of stats out there not believing in the ACL come, or sorry, Achilles comeback. Um, with not a lot of like solid data behind that, besides like Marlon and Mac has like flashed a bit this year to like make you feel good about it. So I'm looking to sell Dre Anderson. I'm looking for a first. I'm looking for a first. I mean, he's he's going to carry a team to a championship. I deserve to have that compensation. It's going to be a late for sure. I'm going to probably ask for more than a first. But Dre Anderson's on my on my sell sheet right now because if I'm like if I'm two and six, I'm selling. If I'm three and five, uh, maybe, you know, like wait one more week, see how you do. But if you're not making the playoffs, absolutely sell Darrell Henderson because his value next year is going to take a dip. The Texans scored all their points when the Rams put out their second string. Not really much to look forward there. They're not trading Deshaun Watson. I don't know what to tell you about Deshaun Watson. I have him on a few rosters right now. If you're a Deshaun Watson owner, I think you're holding because you're not going to get the value you want for him. Um, and you, we missed our sell window. That's just it. We missed our sell window for Deshaun Watson. Now you got to wait till the offseason for a little more news, a little more trade trade hype. That's going to be it for, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, the 49ers, we heard our first ever, first ever positive comments about Brandon Ayuk. So I, that, that's all I have to say about that. Um, we're going to talk about these second year wire series here pretty soon, so I'll talk about that soon. Uh, the Bears, Justin, Justin Fields looked great. Justin Fields looked great. Um, so hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully he continues it. My evaluation of Justin Fields going into his final year of college, going into, was that he was a one read quarterback, and I wasn't excited about him whatsoever. Now he absolutely turned that around his senior year of college, and he was no longer a one read quarterback. He was, 
you saw him actually scanning, doing his progressions downfield. When he came to the NFL, he went back to a one-read quarterback where he would just stare down his receiver, and, and he was terrible. So I, I'm hoping that he is transitioning back to what he was end of college, um, which he showed here against the 49ers. So that looks great. I know they lost, but I feel better about Justin Fields' future and Allen Robinson, who's going to be a free agent next year. You can drop him and redraft. I think he's done. Um, as far as Dynasty goes, he goes to a new team next year. He's a free agent. Call your shot on him. I, I don't think I don't think I would pay a first for him, personally. So see if you can get him for like a second and a third. He's still very talented. He has two, three more years left on, his, on, him, on him. So if you think you're a contender next year, he might be a really nice buy low target now. Or you can wait a few weeks, honestly. Like I don't think his value is going to go up at all to, to target him to buy. Um, Khalil Herbert. Sorry, almost forgot about Khalil Herbert. Monty's going to come back. He's going to take over that starting role. I mean, he's he's their guy. But I do think Khalil Herbert has now proven himself that he deserves a role in this offense. So it might be a split backfield. Um, I don't know what to do about Monty. I don't own a lot of Monty. Um, I think I'd be moving, looking to sell if I had a deep roster. If not, I'm I'm looking for him to back to assume the role. So, anyway, just food for thought. Khalil Herbert has definitely got a role for him in the Bears. I don't know what you're going to do about that, but you have to decide. Now, Khalil Herbert, worst-case scenario, has solidified himself as a very high-end handcuff, you know, kind of like an A.J. Dillon or an Alexander Madison. Now, he is now in that category, Tony Pollard. He is now in that category of very valuable handcuff that, like, if Monty ever goes down again, that you know Khalil Herbert's going to be a bona fide RB1, RB2 every single week. Where are we at? Patriots versus Chargers. The Patriots fan here. The Patriots are like 20 and 3 against the Chargers the last like 20 years, I think. Um, they just kill the Chargers. It's just great. Mac Jones, you should feel good about Mac Jones. Now, this was probably his lowest uh, passing percentage in the league. And it was against a real secondary, too. So this is a real test, too. So I, I thought he looked pretty good. I'm very excited about Mac Jones as a future. I told you that we debated against Campus Can about Mac Jones. I think his ceiling, his ceiling, is Kirk Cousins. Like he's a back end, you know, QB one. He doesn't really have that rushing upside. So for him to be anything good, like I'm talking about, like Tom Brady, sure, he's to go, but they're the same style quarterback. So that's really what his true ceiling is. But putting it down to realistic expectations, he's a back end QB one. Um, and I hope next year he has a lot more 300 our passing games. Hopefully the Patriots beef up that wire. She record a little more than they are, but as of right now, he looks like the type of quarterback that likes to spread the ball around evenly. So I'm 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 trying to avoid starting Patriot wide receivers unless I have to pick one on like a bye week to play. Um, but for now, oh, and they're running back court too. Same thing. They rotate through. I'm not looking to start Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think Ramondre is a, is a league winner. Um, I think all the Patriot running backs have to get hurt for Ramondre to get his shot. I'm not looking forward to it. So, and the Chargers. Mike Williams is hurt now. Um, I was saying this earlier. Mike Williams is injury prone. They are using him differently this year. We talked about that earlier this year, which is great. But now that there is word of injury, the Patriots are really good at shutting down the top option, which they did with Mike Williams. Um, this is just something to keep an eye on. Like, he, he actually could have another stinker next week, and I'm concerned about that. Um, yeah, so it, it looks like Mike Williams might come back down to earth here. Um, 
because he's a type of guy where if there's just a little bit of injury news surrounding his knee, it's it's a very big, it's a very nice indicator telling you that you should back off. And that's just kind of how he has been. That's how he's been historically. Not doubting his talent, saying that his body can't really keep up. <clears throat> and he's a free agent next year too. I assume they re-sign him, but as of right now, they declined his fifth option. So he's a free agent next year. Uh, Jags versus Seahawks. Seattle gets Russ back, so pretty excited about that. If you're, a, well, okay. So DK and Tyler Lockett had both great weeks. The word on the street is that Cars, Chris Carson is going to be out for the year, and Alex Collins is going to be the starter for the rest of the year. I don't have much to say about the Seahawks. I'm sorry. No, not really too exciting there. I, I hope they get a new running back sometime soon. Chris Carson has one more year in his contract. There's really nothing much else to say about him. The Jags. Let me talk about the Jags. Let me talk about LaVisca Chenault. He's been disappointed this year, to say the least. Um, there's been a lot of second-year buyers. He was disappointing. We're going to talk about them at the end here. Um, Urban Meyer. Although a lot of people are saying he's not going to keep his job. Adam Gaze kept his job for four years. I can't Urban Meyer. He has a contract. So um, let's not let's not throw in the towel too quickly on Urban Meyer. Um, I mean, I don't believe in him. But I'm saying that he could stick around. And so you got players like Jamal Agnew getting 12 targets a game. Um, yeah, if you're in a deep league, Jamal Agnew, go ahead and add him. But if you're not... I know they have a they have a bye week coming up and they have a really tough matchup in the week after that. So just somebody to monitor on your waiver wires, but I, I wouldn't even call him a stash tip right now. I just wouldn't. Um, and James Robinson just escaped injury, so we'll see what happens next week. He might roll out Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde had eight targets, six for forty yards. He's a volume play. We don't believe in the talent, but since he's like the last man standing, like. He might be a nice little little waiver wire ad there. Um, let me talk about James Robinson, though. Again, if you're not a contender, it might be time to sell. Uh, Travis Etienne comes back next year. Um, I, I'm a huge disbeliever in Travis Etienne, but I, I feel like I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I wasn't giving you like the full perspective. Travis Etienne is a first-round running back that Urban Meyer selected to be drafted. Not like the last coaching staff, but the current coaching staff. Now, James Robinson's great. I believe in the talent. I love J-Rob. But Travis Etienne's got that. He has to eat into that workload somewhat next year. So if you're not a contender and you can sell James Robinson for, for a first plus, go, go ahead and do that. I mean, maybe even ask for a higher price. Maybe ask for J.K. Dobbins. He's on IR. Maybe ask for Cam Akers because he's hurt. Um, ask for Antonio Gibson, who's been kind of disappointed lately. Like, ask that manager, be like, hey, I got James Robinson. They're in the same class. You know? So, sodium drops in high while you can. Um, I know I'm a big truther. I'd, I'd probably rather hold on to him. But, you know, I, I think the safer side is to sell it for a known commodity that you have, like, the confidence of for the future, which you have to call your shot on. I, don't know. I think J.K. Dallas comes back just fine. I think Antonio Gibson's future is just fine. Cam Akers, again, we don't know because of that Achilles. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead and flip James Robinson for what you can right now, because um, these playoffs are coming up. So, so these these temporary assets, their value is spiking. Just another app, you know, Darrell Henderson, uh, James Robinson. Just these, these are just examples of those guys you need to sell now. Uh, the Bucks versus the Saints. The Saints actually shut down the Bucks. They look good. Um, Kronk is back. 
Allen Robinson is safe for Dynasty. Chris Chris Godwin is is a free agent. The Saints the Saints a B writer came out saying that Jameis Winston is looking like he's not the future of the Saints. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we see Deshaun Watson with the Saints. Maybe we see um, Aaron Rodgers with the Saints. Maybe they go for one in the draft. Uh, but the uh, offensive identity of the Saints is changing. Uh, Alan Kamara is getting a little older. Not, well, actually, I think Alan Kamara is great. But the fact that he's the only uh, offensive talent they really got to focus down, it, it creates a problem for uh, like fantasy. So just like how Kyle Pitts is now being easily focused by defenses, same with Alan Kamara. So he's, his upside is caps. You know, he's going to have his great game, sure. But he's going to have some, some stinkers, too, the way he has been lately this year. Uh, compared to his past, uh, Washington versus the Broncos. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy's back. I, I do believe in Teddy Bridgewater to be good enough at quarterback. Um, Von Miller's gone, so it looks like. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, it looks like the Broncos are really set for the future here. They got three seconds um, coming up. I think yeah, they have like five in the next two years. Anyway. Exciting for the Broncos and Melvin Gordon too. Melvin Gordon leaves pretty soon. So here's his trade target is Javante Williams. He's not going to be great until Melvin Gordon leaves, and Melvin Gordon's not leaving until the end of the year. So maybe you flip James Robinson and Brian Anderson for Javante. Maybe you throw in like, oh, a third. And, you know, how often do thirds like like work out as like top fantasy assets? It's not often. They haven't, but like it's not often. So fo- focus on switching some of these assets to have a short term value for somebody like Javante. Who, who's stumbled a little bit. I shouldn't say stumbled. His upside has been capped because he's sharing a workload, but he's going to have the full workload next year. Cowboys versus Vikings. Cooper Rush looked great. Vikings look bad. I don't understand why they can't stay consistent. I don't get it. Um, KJ Osborne is the number three there. Uh, me and Jake have talked about it a few times. Go ahead and add KJ Osborne, right? Um, I mean, Adam Thielen's getting old. Someone's got to step up. Now, I also want to talk about Tyler Conklin. I'm going to draw a connection here to last year's Dalton Schultz, right? Dalton Schultz stepped up when Blake Darling went down and started the season to a to a um, ACL injury. He was like a really bad one. Um, and, and he ran away with the show. And now Dalton Schultz is a top top five tight end right now. Um, he looks great. I'm wondering how he does with Michael Gallup um, because – yeah, Michael Gallup is back. Michael Gallup's been gone. Dalton Schultz kind of broke out. Um, if Dalton Schultz can keep up his production with Michael Gallup back in the rotation, I'm all in on Dalton Schultz. And Michael Gallup is gone this year. Michael Gallup is very similar to Christian Kirk where he's flash enough where he might be a nice buy low to see if he gets like a solid role next year. Like maybe he's goes to the Patriots who don't really have a good wide receiver core. You know? So or the Jags. Whatever. You get what I'm saying. These players are flashed. Their contract's coming up. They're in a crowded wide receiver core. They're going to leave this crowded room, maybe go to an empty one. Uh, the Dolphins, too. Anyway, the possibilities are out there. These free agent targets can be like a – they can change the landscape of your, of your roster. Now, yeah, so Tyler Conklin, just like Dalton Schultz, is what I'm saying, is that he's establishing himself. He was number five in routes run this week this past week. So if Tyler Collins can come out the way Dalton Schultz did, and then he comes out next year and now he's, he's the next Dalton Schultz, go ahead and stash this guy in the back end of your, of your, um, of your roster. I mean, he could be honestly a future stud. I, I'm stashing in a lot of places. And I'm pretty excited about it. Elite tight ends are hard to come by. Um, 
I think this past week he was five for 57. Anyway, Adam Thielen is not going to stay immortal. He's 31 years old. Uh, Justin Jefferson, sure. Yeah, he's number one there. Uh, he's solidified. Like, there's there's no arguing that. No debate there. But the number two guy is going to be KJ Osborne or Tyler Conklin when, when I shouldn't say when, but when Adam Thielen goes down and when Adam Thielen uh, leaves the team because he's 31 years old. The, the number two option in that team is very wide open. And right now it's looking like Conklin or KJ Osborne. Uh, the last thing to talk about here is the Chiefs versus the Giants. I saw a stat from Next Gen Stats that Patrick Mahomes, every single completion he had was behind the line of scrimmage. And it was like the first time that's ever happened. And all of his yards came from behind the line of scrimmage. Runs from the receivers behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know what's up with Patrick Mahomes. I could not tell you. Um, it looks like defenses have figured him out. They keep a third safety deep now. And they have no run game. Um, and I don't think CEH is the solution to the run game. He definitely helps, like, for sure. He definitely helps the run game out. But now with CEH out, teams aren't aren't defending the run against against the uh, the Chiefs because that O-line is not great. Um, I called that at the start of the year. What's really important to an offensive line is not those PFF grades. It's continuity. It's, it's those teams that keep the same offensive line each year. The Colts, the Patriots, they always have the same guys. The Patriots love paying the offensive linemen. Uh, the Cowboys, they keep the same guys every year. Continuity for offensive lines is the biggest underrated like stat I think there is out there. So the Chiefs are not great. Not looking forward to the Chiefs. And next year, Patrick Mahomes, $45 million a year, kicks in. So I don't know how they're going to fill in these gaps. Uh, I believe the, it's not confirmed, right? This is not, it's not a fact. But I believe the cap goes up 20 million next year but like uh Patrick Mahomes is going for like what seven or eight mil right now and he's going up to 45 mil a year so again just hammering this down I don't know how the Chiefs are going to fill their gaps in their roster besides just using draft picks and like I think that's how they have to be superb in drafting out the next nine years to fill in their roster otherwise it's going to be more of what we're watching right now which you know it's not great like, I'm not you know who would have thought the Chiefs looked like this? And no one would have guessed this last year. I think they're a favorite to return to the Super Bowl against the Bucks. Um, so I'm worried about Mahomes. I'm not worried about Mahomes' talent. I just it looks like the team needs a new offensive identity. They need to work something else out. I'm sure they'll figure it out eventually because they have really great coaching staff. But as of right now, they're they're flopping. They're flopping. Mahomes doesn't look good. Um, that offense doesn't look good. Kelsey has been quiet. Tyreek Hill has been quiet. I had Tyreek Hill as like wide receiver one this year at the start of the year. But it, it looks like that third safety up top on the defense is, is what's doing it. So, you know, kudos to defensive coordinators to figure that out. Those guys are, those guys, those guys are great. Uh, the Giants. Daniel Jones looks like an okay quarterback. He's going to keep his job. I'm calling him right now. He's going to re-signed. I don't think he's great at being a quarterback. But, again, I keep talking about this class coming up. These guys aren't great. These, these these guys aren't aren't like this past class. There's definitely prospects I like, but I don't know. What I'm saying is that Dan Jones keep his job because I think he's better than the options coming out. And the Giants, just like the Dolphins, have a constant injury problem where these receivers can't stay healthy. Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay can't stay healthy. He didn't, he wasn't healthy last year. Um, Kadarius Tony can't stay on the field. Sterling Shepard never could stay on the field. Evan Ingram can't stay on the field. I think he's a free agent this next year. His name's always around. 
draft draft buzz. So, yeah. Anyway, Daniel Jones looks like he's a real quarterback. He just needs to have a better supporting cast. Saquon Barkley always hurt too. Whatever. As far as dynasty goes, I don't know. I'm not buying any of these guys. Kadarius Tony could be interesting if he could stay healthy, but. As of right now, like honestly, Kadarius Tony looks like Debo Samuel to me. Um, Debo Samuel is really, really prolific right now, but like I said, they always have this injury history. Um, oh, drawing a blank. Kadarius Tony, his thing in college was he was electric in open space. He couldn't be caught. He was really shifty, and he excelled when he got the ball in his hands in open space. That's the same thing as Debo Samuel. They're both yak monsters, right? They're, they're not the savviest route runners, but they know how to read a zone. And that's that's kind of how the, the defenses are now trending in, in this year in the NFL. So I I like I like Tony. I think I'm gonna say yeah, I like Tony as a future asset. I'm not sure what I'd pay for him. I wouldn't pay a first. I'll try to get him for like an early third, like late second round contender, but gosh, I don't know, man. That's a hard one. That's your call. That's your call. <laughs> that's your call. Um, but yeah, he looks like a Debo, a Debo Samuel type player to me. Um, so if he can figure out the health problem, then I think he'll be electric. Cause I, I don't think the rest of the Kenny Galladay's got a history of injuries. So Jeff has got an injury history. Um, Tony was healthy his whole senior year of college, the last year he played. So hopefully next year he can figure it out or sometime soon, but Tony looks like his, he's trending up. Let's just leave it at that. All right. Went through all the teams. I want to talk about these first, second, third-year wide receivers. That's what I want to focus on this last 15 minutes here. I want to talk about this big dip in the second-year wide receivers, right? Uh, Ayuk has been disappointing. Chanel has been disappointing. Um, Jefferson took a step back. That was kind of expected, though, because his rookie season was just insane. That you knew defenses were going to game plan for him. So pushing that one to the side, I don't really care that he took a small step back. But Ayuk and Chanel. Um, Matt Harmon, big fan of him, is saying that, you know, Ayuk is taking more of a Tyler Lockett career path. And the talent's there. I do believe in Ayuk. But I am concerned about the situation. Uh, he he came out with his backup quarterbacks. There was Kittle was always hurt. Debo was always hurt. So you have to wonder if, like, his success came out of just, a, like, a volume standpoint. Now, let's say that it is, right? Let's just say that his success only came when Kittle and Debo were out and these bad quarterbacks were in. These defenses could have game planned for that. They, they, they should have, you know. He's the only one that they really need to worry about in that offense because it's Jeff Wilson and, and uh, Brandon Ayuk, like two guys that nobody really cared about start of the season. So the talent is there. That's what I'm trying to say. If he can produce with these back quarterbacks, if he can produce when he's the only pass catcher that they really need to focus down the talent is there. So I don't understand why it's not there this year. And so I'm not hopeful for next year. I'm not I'm not on the Trey Lance train. I'm not. Sorry, I never was preseason. So that's probably the, one of the reasons why. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I use his talent, but I'm not seeing in the near future. But just like uh, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett wasn't successful for three years in a row. I think he was like wide receiver 50 plus for three years. So if you're an Ayuk owner, I, I don't know what offers you're getting. I don't have Ayuk on any team. I was sitting out offers preseason. Very excited that none of them got accepted. 
Um, I was offering like Jerry Duty straight up. I offered uh, Stefan Diggs for Ayuk and Javante. Um, those are just some examples of trades I offered. <clears throat> so, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, would you sell him for a, an early second? That's on you. I would never sell him for less than a second. That's for sure. Um, someone might try to have you throw him in on a trade. Again, those are your calls. But if you have the patience to wait for IU for four years to be productive, like hats off to you. I can't do that. I'm so impatient. That's not me. Um, but these dips, like these dips for second year wide receivers, they're not like common. Like the, this strong of a dip is not common. Chase Claypool is another one. I have no confidence in Chase Claypool. Again, he's a deep threat, physical guy. I honestly, I, I kind of want to compliment to DK Metcalf a bit in his skill set. Um, but Big Ben is not is not Russell Wilson, and I don't know if a quarterback they're going to get next year is going to be similar to Russell Wilson. Um, but just like Debo, I, I believe in the talent. I just don't believe in the situation. I don't know who the quarterback is next year. I don't know who they're um, and who their like offensive line is going to be. So. Maybe in your trades of like I'm trading with James Robbins and maybe ask for Chase Claypool plus the first, you know, something like that. These guys need to be, you can ask these guys to be throw-ins on your short-term trades, right? Um, yeah. So that's what I want to say about these, these year one. So like, let's just look at year two receivers, right? The year, year three, right? So we have DK Metcalf. He didn't take a big soft year, did he? He's been great ever since. AJ Brown too. No sophomore year dip. Number three in that class is Terry McLaurin. He always performed in his sophomore year, so he didn't take a dip either. Deontay Johnson, big step up his sophomore year. Like he's great too. All four of these guys, you would be so happy with on your roster. Um, the fifth wide receiver right now for ADP is DJ Tark. Now DJ Tark had like half a season of high touchdown and production. So I. Anyway, I'm just I'm just calling his success a fluke. He has injury problems now. I'm not really in on him anyway. But after that, you got Michael Gallup, Marquise Brown, Nico Harmon, Jacoby Myers. I'm gonna stop the list there because everyone else after that is just ridiculous. The point is, what I'm trying to say is that these sophomore year dips that we're seeing right now with this class. This is this was a prolific, an amazing rookie class. But I am very concerned about this sophomore year dip, and I don't know if they can come back from this because I, I haven't seen it historically. We have I've seen the entire locket, sure. It took four years. You can be that patient, that's great. But these sophomore dips are very concerning. And so I, I think I'm ready to, to throw in the towel. I am. I'm, I'm ready to throw in the towel. There's too many question marks revolving around it. That if somebody still values these guys as like first round picks, I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm hitting the reset button. So, so that's my advice to you. Sell Chanel for a first. Sell Chase Claypool for a first. Sell Brand Ayuk for a first if you can. Like I, I am very concerned about the sophomore year did. I just looked at this third year. And okay, you know what? Let's go ahead and look at the fourth year wire receivers too while we're at it. How about that? Fourth year wire receivers. Okay. Oh, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. Okay, sorry. Let's just stay back on topic. Let's talk about these rookies now. These rookies, right? We have 
Jamar Chase. He's great. Everything's advertised. Moving on. Um, the next ones are Waddle, Devontae Smith, uh, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall. Now, I will say this. All four of these guys get open. So you should you should feel fine holding on these guys. Or a little spoil from last year. We hope these guys could have taken off like last year's class. It's not going to happen. Um, but I'm absolutely not like throwing in the towel on these guys, but I am the, the sophomores there that, that are dipping because these guys are open. Uh, Zach Wilson hasn't really done much for his past pitches, but Mike White comes in and, and Elijah Moore catches six for 67. I'm cool with that as a rookie. That's all right. Devontae Smith, he's flashed a little bit. To me, you feel good about him. I just, I'm just waiting for them to fix their quarterback situation in, in Philly. Uh, wow. Waddle's been great. Waddle's a big, a big volume guy. A lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage. Um, but again, as a rookie, he's flashed enough to make you feel good about it. That sure, some ups and downs. That's fine. It's a rookie season. Consistency's not like a rookie thing. But all four of these guys have gotten open. I am worried about Terrence Marshall. Now let me say why. Sam Donald's there. Sam Donald doesn't look like he, he knows what to do when Chris McCaffrey's not there. Um, plus, they signed Robbie Anderson to an extension. And they signed, well, they have not signed DJ Moore yet to an extension. I assume they do. So, the possibility that Terrence Marshall was the number three guy there for the next two, three years, while they have to figure out a quarterback situation, doesn't make me feel good. So, for the right offer, I am selling Terrence Marshall. Um, I really am. Maybe I'm, I'm adding him into, like, trades. Like, I, I am uh, – yeah, like, like let's say I'm like, oh, I, I'm giving James Robinson plus Terrence for J.K. Dobbins. That sounds like an overpay when I say it out loud. But anyway, I'm using these guys as like the rookie guy, like they're still the shiny new toy as the add-in. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no other pass here to talk about this class. Rondell Moore, sure, uh, he's going to be the number two to to D Hop for the next like three years. Um, Christian Kirk is still there. A.T. Green is still there. It's a really crowded field. Um, but he's flashed enough for you not to feel like he's a waste of time. So, you know, his value hasn't gone anywhere. Um, but, man, I, I, don't, I don't know where these guys' feelings are. I don't. Ronald Moore's not an LY type of guy. So, again, like, as I talked about slot targets earlier, they're not that valuable. He has to hit that, like, Keenan Allen type workload to be a top target. So, if somebody wants to overpay for Rondell Moore, like, let's say a first, I think I'm good to flip it for a first. Uh, there's a lot more alphas coming out this year. And, and I, I know like some people are probably thinking I'm calling it quits too early on these players because um, I've, I've seen that argument for like Elijah Moore and, and Michael Carter. I'm absolutely selling Michael Carter, by the way. But um, it's, it, this is how football is. I, I, I care about size. Size matters. Um, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, these year three guys, let's talk about these year three guys. Um, I listed them off earlier this year. I don't see their value going anywhere besides up. Um, they're all pretty young for the most part. Like, obviously, they're all like 25 and younger. Terry McLaurin being the oldest one. Um, maybe try to flip these year two guys for these year three guys. Because, like, no one's saying, no one's thinking DK's backcast value might go down. Terry McLaurin's value might go down. Uh, Deontay Johnson's value might go down. Nobody's thinking that. So, so while these second guy, year guys are, are still holding value because they're name, it's time to sell. You don't want to hold on to them so they don't have value anymore. Like Denzel Mims, right? Denzel Mims is – he's toast. Who, who wants Denzel Mims on their roster anymore? So, and then, you know, so 
I guess the lesson for today is, is knowing when to get out. Um, and again, you should be able to identify if your team is moving on to the playoffs this year or not. And you need to move these short-term assets around uh, second-year wide receivers. Um, the Michael Carters, the Elijah Mitchells, Jeff Wilson's coming back. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a very loyal to his guys being the guy. And Jeff Wilson's definitely one of his guys. So I am worried about Elijah Mitchell long-term. And what's to stop them from adding more more running backs to this committee next year? You know, it, it's, it's a revolving door there. And Eliza Mitchell could be a championship winner. Like, go ahead and trade him out there for a first, you know? Um, and then the same thing for Michael Carter. Um, Michael Carter was a fourth-round draft pick. So was LaMichael P. Ryan last year. Now, I get it, LaMichael P. Ryan was from the last coaching regime. So, again, the current coaching staff has no loyalty to this guy whatsoever. Um, but Michael Carter got a lot of dump-off pass from Mike White. I think he was nine, nine for nine, right? Nine for nine for 95 yards and a touchdown. You know, what's stopping the Colts from figuring that out? Because these Colts are going to be watching tape. Like, it's a good defense. So if these Colts if these Colts don't figure out Mike White, then, yeah, I, I again, once again, I'm, I'm kind of more in on, on, the, on the Jets. But uh, if they do figure out the Jets, which is what I'm thinking that they do, I'm looking to move on from Michael Carter. If somebody thinks Michael Carter is going to be an RB1 or – or they can win a championship with Michael Carter. I'm selling. Sell him for a first. Go ahead. Be like, hey, he's the RB one of the Jets. You know, just he's a rookie. He's a shiny new toy. Um, you know, you probably spent a second on him last year. Go ahead and grab yourself a first. <sighs> I think that concludes my show for today, guys. That's that's going to be it. Um, go ahead and ask any questions you want in the chat right now. I, I already answered a few earlier. Um, yeah. So. Again, uh, just keep saying this theme over and over again. You should be able to know right now if you're making the playoffs or not, um, if you're a fringe playoff team. If you're a fringe playoff team, I, I wouldn't go on a, on a buying spree of players. I, I just wouldn't um, because if you don't make that line, like let's say somebody else's team just, just starts taking off, it's not even you team doing bad. Let's just say everyone else just keeps winning in front of you and they're not losing. You, you just sold like a mid-first or a mid-second, and those things have value. Um, but if you're not if you're not a playoff contender, go ahead and sell those short-term assets. Sell those aging players. Sell, sell Adam Thielen. He's 31 years old. Sell sell um, Elijah Mitchell. He might be a one-year rental. Michael Carter might be a one-year rental. Sell uh, Darrell Henderson. He might be a one-year rental because Cam Akers is coming back. Um, Devontae Freeman, I guess, for the Ravens. These guys that only have value for the year, sell them. Sell them now. Do it. All right, guys, that's it. Have a good night.